When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Well, that 13-man squad has been announced for the first test against the West Indies by Cricket Australia. Cameron Green is back in, as we speculated. Steve Smith likely to move to the top of the order. No Cam Bancroft, no Marcus Harris, Matt Renshaw in, but it has been announced that he is the reserve batsman. Ben Horn has been across all of this, as he so often is, the cricket writer from the Daily Telegraph and News Limited Papers. Great to have him on the line. Hello, Benny. Yeah, Dan, thanks for having me, mate. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you were across this all yesterday and you, you pretty much confirmed that this was likely to happen. What do you make of it? And can you talk us through how Cricket Australia have arrived at this decision, which we assume will mean Cameron Green bats at four and Steve Smith moves to open the batting? Yeah, Dan, look, basically the principle involved here is that they've decided to pick what they believe is the sixth best batsman in Australia. So... Uh, there's no specialist opener there to partner Usman Khawaja, but the selectors have decided that uh, the model they want to take is pick their best six batsmen, which they believe Cameron Green is in that six, mm. and they'll work out the batting order from there. So, look, it's an interesting take. It's got its um, it's got its critics. Um, you know, there's some that believe that it's uh, sort of downgrading the Sheffield Shield competition to not be picking Cameron Bancroft in particular. Uh, who has made the most runs over the last two years. But the counter-argument to that is when Cameron Green's played Sheffield Shield cricket, he actually has dominated. Um, he averages 60 batting at number four for Western Australia. So I'm a fan of what they've done. I think with an ageing team, mm. uh, getting 24-year-old Cameron Green back in the side was a must. And, um, yeah, look, it's, it, it's, it's arrived in unusual circumstances, but I think they've made the right call. So Steve Smith to open, like you wrote about that yesterday and said it was the likely scenario. Do you think they've arrived at that and they just want to let it marinate before confirming it? Or what do you think the play is on this? Or could we see a, a potential shift in, in that regard? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, you'd think they would have decided what their plan is by now. Um, my understanding is that Steve Smith is the favourite. Um, he was certainly firming, and I think that's all based on the fact that he's so keen to do it. Yeah. Um, if if he wasn't so keen to do it, perhaps this wouldn't have happened, and Marcus Harris might have been picked. But um, or, or Cameron Green might have, you know, been told, "Look, the only spot for you is to open, mm. so you're going up to open." But I think Steve Smith has made the decision for them in some ways because his eagerness to do it. Are you really going to ignore uh, the best batsman of his generation who's saying he wants to take this challenge on? I think they really have to back Steve Smith in on this. 
And, um, you know, he's really solving a problem for them because number four is the preferred position for Cameron Green. He's a player for the future. He comes in at number four. And uh, so, look, I think, you know, Steve Smith, you know, you might look at it as a sacrifice on his part, but I don't think he's looking at it that way. I mm. think he's in, in need of a bit of a rejuvenation, uh, perhaps at this stage of his career, and maybe this will keep him going a bit longer. Why do you think he wants to do it? You speak about a rejuvenation, but he averages 58 at number four, second only to Bradman, really, in terms of averages in the history of Australian cricket. It is a, a big shift and probably an unprecedented one. I can't think of any batsman at this stage of their career who has made this big of a jump. Why do you think Steve Smith wants to do it now? I think that, um, you know, I, I think he's in a bit of a... Um, strange place about his future. I mean, I think that he, you know, he's unsure how long he wants to go on for Mm. when you've achieved what he's achieved. uh, And also when you've been through some of the things that he's been through in his career, you know, what else is there for him to achieve? What, what is going to motivate him? And so I think he's looking at this as something to maybe break himself out of a little bit of the, the funk that he's been in. And he's someone who's always, responded well to challenges. Um, some of his best innings have come when he was batting at number three and Australia lost a wicket in the first over yep. and he was out there having to save the innings. So I think he's struggled in some ways with um, Manus Labuschagne, despite how close they are. Um, he's struggled with Manus Labuschagne and how well he's taken to, to number three. I think mm. p- part of Steve Smith would probably regret giving that position up in the first place. And, you know, number four is a tricky one because, you know, sometimes he is in early, but often um, when you've got David Warner and Kawaja and Marnus in the, the way they've played the last few years, often Steve is sitting around waiting for his turn to bat, which I don't think is, is what brings the best out in him. So I think yeah. if he can't bat number three, I think he's seen this as an opportunity to get himself back in into the, into the line of fire early and, um, you know, perhaps fire himself up a bit. So I think it's probably all those factors. It just seems like he just can't wait to get out and bat, really. Like, he's just so desperate to do it. Apparently, he's the first man in the nets, as you would have seen numerous times. So the concept to him of just being out there straight away when the game starts and and batting from the off um, probably appeals to him in some way. So Cam Green then seems likely to come in at four. I think in, in the eyes of many cricket fans, they think, well, hang on, wouldn't Travis Head move up to four? And Green slots in at five or six and, you know, switches with Mitch, Mitch Marsh mm-hmm. potentially or, or slots in behind him. But you mentioned his stats before at number four in Shield cricket, an average of just over 60. Technique-wise, do, does he fit there perfectly for you? And do you think that is the plan, Cam Green, the future number four of the Australian Test team? Yeah, I really do think so. I mean, I think part of the reason why Cameron Green slid out of the Australian side last year was... I don't think number six is his spot. I think he found it difficult at number six to get into the pace of the game, uh, to get his innings going. Uh, We often saw him start really slow. He was a bit indecisive. So I think number four um, will best suit his credentials as a batsman. Um, It's a big test for him, obviously, coming in. But I think, you know, he's shown enough that he is up to test cricket. But I think number four is the better position for him. So... Um, you know, I think that's the best part of the plan. Obviously, the risk with the plan is that Steve Smith is perhaps the second best batsman Australia's ever produced. And are you kind of playing with him a little bit to, to move him up to the top of the order? So 
I think that's the real risk involved here. But as I say, the fact that um, Steve wants to do it and isn't being asked to do it, that's the key difference. So the Cameron Green part of it, I think, is is spot on. Um, if they didn't get him back into the team now, it could have been another 12 months till he got another opportunity because there's not much test cricket until uh, until India arrive next summer. So, you know, I think the selectors were worried about, you know, can we really afford to have a guy of this calibre spending, yeah. you know, close to two years on the sidelines? Amid what's likely to be a, a lacklustre series overall, or hopefully the windy surprise us like the Pakistanis did on, on a fair few occasions, uh, this gives us something to look forward to, is how players go in these different positions. Uh, we won't get to see Lance Morris, though, unfortunately. He hasn't been announced in the squad, which mm. is a, a little bit of a surprise. Scott Boland has. Do you envisage a change in the fast bowling ranks at all throughout the series to give Boland a go? And why has Morris been left out? It's a bit of a strange one. Um, look, I would fully expect um, the fast bowlers, uh, Stark Hazelwood Cummins, to be playing the first test in Adelaide because, mm. um, you know, there was no suggestion that any of them pulled up sore from the Pakistan series and there's such a long break between the end of the Sydney test and the start of Adelaide. So, uh, of course, they'll, the, all three of them will play there. And then I suppose it will depend on how they get through the Adelaide matches to whether they play uh, in Brisbane. But they're, they're not playing in the one-day series that follows. So the fast bowlers will get a big rest before they go to New Zealand. Um, so I would expect them to play the series out unless there's um, an injury issue that arises. Um, I mean, it's somewhat strange because if there was an injury issue that arose, uh, I think playing Lance Morris in Brisbane would be the right call over Scott Boland. So, um, yeah, I find it strange from that point of view, but I think the thinking is it's only two test matches mm. and they know who's playing the first test. So it sort of seems uh, silly to be carrying around two fast bowlers when you probably only need one. Um, Lance Morris can, um, you know, can play a role in the big bash and uh, he will come into the side in the one-day series that follows. But, um, yeah, look, I mean, I, I am surprised just in the sense that I think this would have been a good summer for yeah. Lance Morris to uh, to be blooded. But if the other three stay fit, then it's hard to argue against them playing all seven tests, all five test matches, I should say. Fair play. We're speaking to Ben Horn, a leading cricket writer from the Daily Telegraph. Across all of the major changes and big news in the Australian test team, the 13-man squad announced a huge big bash league game on Friday night, Benny, the Sydney smash, the Thunder and the Sixers. We're speaking to Gorinda Sandu later on in the program. Uh, the David Warner helicopter watch. You wrote a story about this a few days ago that uh, he's set to fly from his brother's wedding to make the game and play for the Thunder via chopper. Where's that at? Yeah, well, look, um, everyone's trying to make it happen. Um, uh, David Warner's scoped out a couple of options for um, helicopters or, or whatever that he could he could fly from the Hunter Valley down to uh, down to the SCG. Uh, so he's got his brother's wedding on Friday. It's a, it's very tight, I believe, in terms of timings with um, his brother's wedding finishing and being able to make the uh, the, the first ball down in Sydney. Um, so that's the first issue. Uh, the other variables would be bad weather um, and also uh, finding a landing point <laughs> in uh, in Sydney. I believe the, the Thunder are looking at um, Allianz Stadium next door as an option for him to land right. uh, in you know quite quite dramatic fashion right next door, and then <laughs> he's just got to walk uh, walk under the tunnel and he's and he's at the SCG. So look, um, there's definitely 
very good intentions to make this happen. It's just, uh, I suppose there's some very um, fine lines in terms of timing and other variables. So it's not over the line yet, but um, it, it really would be um, spectacular to see. <laughs> and hopefully you can, because, you know, Smith and Warner playing against each other in front of, I would anticipate uh, a crowd at the SCG, which would be 35 to 40,000, I'd reckon. So um, let's hope you can make it down because it, it has the makings of being the highlight of the Big Bash season. It'd be special. Um, David Warner, even after his test retirement, still finding a way to uh, to stay on the uh, the front or the back pages. 0457 736 736, get on the text line. What's the most unique thing you've done to not miss a sporting event when a wedding has been on or any other major function? Because David Warner's going to great lengths to uh, participate in his brother's wedding and then get to the uh, Sydney Smash on Friday night. I would love to know your stories. Just to finish, Benny, you've been covering cricket for a long time, so you've dealt with David Warner for a, a fair while as well. Where does he rank in terms of the more interesting, polarising figures that have uh, existed in Australian cricket over the journey for you? Oh well, overall, he has to be um, one of the one of the best and most interesting cricketers that's ever played for Australia. I mean, you, you go right back to his um, upbringing uh, from Housing Commission flats in Matraville. Um, and the way he's progressed from there to um, to playing for Australia. I mean, you know, he was packing shelves at Woolworths when he was a kid. Um, he is very, very working class, and he has, you know, worked hard and fought for everything that, he, that he's got. Um, and, you know, as a player, he was, you know, always aggressive, um, always in the, uh, in the spotlight for whatever reason, and I think he's going to be hugely missed. I think um, there was critics there about David Warner in the last couple of years with his test batting, but I think we are going to see that um, you know a situation where you, you don't appreciate what he brought to Test cricket until he's gone, and um, you know it'll be an interesting period for Australia to see how they adjust to life without him because um, he played the game in a very unique way. But you know you look at his record, um, being able to maintain an average of 45 with a strike rate of over 70, um, you know, that, that's a pretty extraordinary thing to, uh, to, to do. So um, he'd be right up there, and I think the game is going to really miss him. Most certainly. The adjustment at this stage is that Cam Green is into the test team for him, and the impending move of Steve Smith to open the batting alongside Usman Khawaja in Warner's absence uh, is set to be ratified, we expect, by Cricket Australia at some stage. Not confirmed just yet, but that is the likely move. Ben Horn from the Daily Telegraph. You've been across it all. Thanks so much for your insights, mate. No worries, Dan. Thanks for having me, mate.